Ten questions to ask every time you read the Bible is the Issues Etc. book of the month for November. This new resource will help you navigate God's Word with clarity and confidence. Ten questions to ask every time you read the Bible is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number 1-800-325-3040 or browse before you buy at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. book of the month. Ten questions to ask every time you read the Bible. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed the sick and afflicted, and he raised them from the dead. Why is it important that shortly after Jesus' birth, we really don't know how long after Jesus' birth, but when he's still an, an infant in some form, he is visited by Gentile, we say wise men or magi, that come from the east following a star that marks his birth, and it causes consternation there in Jerusalem for the newborn king and for King Herod. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in live on this Tuesday afternoon, the 8th of November. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson on the wise men worshiping the baby Jesus in Matthew chapter 2. Pastor Tom Baker of Long Gospel will be our guest, and then we're going to review the Star Wars TV series Andor with Pastor Ted Geese, who teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled a Lutheran approach to art, media, and film. Pastor Tom Baker hosts the radio show called Law and Gospel, and for almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, thank you. Who were these magi? Magi actually refers to wise men. Actually, it's a Greek term referring to a group of people who are interested in dreams, astrology, and even magic. They probably came from Persia, Babylon, or Arabia. And at times their wisdom was not always pleasing to God. But we need to remember that Daniel could be considered as one of the wise men, not these, but when he was imprisoned under a king that he had problems with. He served in the court of King Nebuchadnezzar as his advisor. And people did not like him because Nebuchadnezzar had given him a high position and he was a foreigner. So that's where we get one wise man. We don't know how many wise men there were. A lot of times people say there were three, but that's because there were three gifts that are mentioned. There could have been more wise men, or it could have just been those three. How did they know about the birth of Jesus? The Bible says, and this is verse 2, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So, there's no doubt that these people were part of a group that did know about the Old Testament, and they knew about the coming of the Messiah. They had been taught that. How much they were believers, they did want to come to worship him. And of course, you don't worship anyone unless that is God. And so they went to Herod to tell him that, well, 
we have come to worship the individual who has now been born as king of the Jews. And that, of course, did not please Herod at all. So how did Herod react to their question about the whereabouts of the newborn king of the Jews? Herod, who is known as Herod the Great, was a cruel ruler. He had been appointed by the Roman Senate to be king of Judea. In fact, he killed many of his own family and close associates. He was an Edomite who continued the rivalry with God's chosen people that had existed since the time of Jacob and Esau. So you can understand when Herod heard this, according to verse 3 of chapter 2, he was troubled. And it says, and all Jerusalem with him, they were troubled. And you can understand that. King Herod was cruel, and therefore, if he was troubled, the rest of the people were going to be troubled because they did not know what he was going to do. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people, and he acquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And that's an interesting statement, because the word Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah. So he knows that the king of the Jews, well, if he's the Christ, where was he born? And that's the question that he asks his own wise men. How did the chief priests and the scribes know where to look? Well, they knew the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, it was very clear that they told them in Bethlehem of Judea. And then they quoted the Bible. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And so the chief priests and the scribes were able to tell him that would be Bethlehem, where, of course, David also came from. Bethlehem was really important. We get the whole situation with uh, Naomi and Ruth and her marriage leading to the line of David all the way to the line of Jesus. So Bethlehem was an important city in the Old Testament, and these scribes knew that the Bible had said that there would be one ruler who would come from there, and he would shepherd his people. Why did Herod really want to know where Jesus was? Well, he really wanted to know because the Bible informs us. Verse 7, he summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. But that's not what he really was about. Because what he wanted to do, he wanted to find out where the child was and then put 
that child to death because he did not want that child to be come ruler over him. In fact, that's found in verse 10 of chapter 2, that the wise men did not return, and Herod became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, and that was according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men, which was really a prophecy that was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. It says, A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they are no more. That's how violent Herod was. And the Magi did not return because after they had seen the child and giving him gifts, they had heard from the angel of the Lord that they were to not return to Herod. And so they went a different route on the way home and did not return to Herod to tell him where the child was. Talk about the star and how it led the Magi to Jesus. The star would be found in the Old Testament that that would lead them to a place. Stars were really important, especially for wise men. Even today, people will open up their newspaper and try and read about what the stars are saying about their future. Now, that is something that God is disappointed with. You can't tell your future by the stars. But it does appear that there was a star that somehow the wise men knew was the location of the Messiah about whom they had read in the scripture. And they followed the star and they came to Bethlehem and found Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And it says they fell down, this is verse 11 of chapter 2, and they worshiped him and then gave him gifts. Why then don't the Magi go back to King Herod? They don't go back to King Herod because an angel of the Lord had appeared to them and said, don't return to the king. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And then they saw Mary and Joseph and the child, they worshiped him. But verse 12 says, being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And so once more, we see God at work here. There's no doubt that angels have been sent to the father of John the baptizer. Gabriel had gone to Mary and told her about the coming of the child. And so it would not be at all unusual that a message would be given to the wise men because God knew the intent of Herod, and that was to kill Jesus. And he did not want that to happen. So not only did he tell the wise men 
that they should return another way. But, and it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. So that could be not Jesus, but Gabriel or Michael, and said to Joseph, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph took Mary and Jesus, went to Egypt, and stayed there until the death of Herod. And this was to fulfill another prophecy, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, namely, out of Egypt I called my son. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. He hosts the radio show called Law and Gospel. When we come back, we'll teach more about the wise men worshiping the baby Jesus in Matthew chapter 2. What does it mean that Jesus is visited and worshiped by these Gentiles? Ten questions to ask every time you read the Bible is the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for November. This new resource will help you navigate God's Word with clarity and confidence. Ten Questions to Ask Every Time You Read the Bible is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040, or browse before you buy at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month, Ten Questions to Ask Every Time You Read the Bible. Traditional liturgical worship, it's so much more than a style preference. It reflects transcendence in the divine service. The living God comes to us in real space and time through the word and sacraments. Hi, this is Pastor Nigel Brown from Hope Lutheran Church in Hampton, Virginia. If you're looking for reverent worship and serious Bible study, look us up. We're in Hampton with Bible studies in Hampton and Williamsburg. We celebrate the divine service with communion every Sunday. Check us out at hopehampton.org. Real Reformation Radio. You're listening to Issues Etc. Memoria Press award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next purchase by using the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and laypeople worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy publishes Logia, the confessional Lutheran dogmatic series, and Luther Digest. Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up to receive their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. lutheracademy.com and like them on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Luther Academy. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on the wise men worshiping the baby Jesus in Matthew chapter 2. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest, host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. And speaking of children, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod operates more than 1,000 early childhood centers and preschools and more than 750 elementary schools. Find a Lutheran school near you at lcms.org schools lcms.org schools. 
Tom, what does it mean then that Jesus is visited and worshipped by these Gentiles? This is critical. We remember that the birth of Jesus is first announced to shepherds. They were considered unclean in Judaism because of their work with sacrificing sheep, etc. Now we get Gentiles who are told about Jesus and they go to visit him. This really shows us what is found later in the Bible, like with Paul, that there is now no distinction between male or female, Greek or Jew, slave or free. That doesn't mean there aren't distinctions between those people, but when it comes to addressing God, to praying to him, and to receiving his blessings, there's no distinction. If one is a believer, and that's important for the Sunday school teachers to get across to the children, that you have been baptized, and therefore, when you pray to God, Jesus takes that prayer to the Father. Your prayer is always answered to your good, and he will be with you, protecting you, so that you will not perish eternally, but heaven will be your home. This story of the wise men is very close to what happens to the Sunday school children. What should the Sunday school children then know about this lesson? Well, it's important that one of the tasks of a Sunday school teacher is to explain the English, not just to know a little bit about the Greek and the Hebrew they get from the pastor, but what does it mean that when they came to him, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh? Now, these Sunday school children would not understand what those gifts meant. But gold would be a gift that would be reserved for a king. So by giving him gold, the wise men are regarding him as king. Incense is that for the great high priest. In other words, it's something that would be burned in the temple, and it would be the prayers of the saints going up to God. And then finally, Myrrh. Myrrh was an interesting perfume that was used for burial. In other words, they knew that Jesus had been born to die. That was clear from the Old Testament. Psalm 22 says he will be in hands and feet. There will be nails. And Isaiah talks a lot about his crucifixion by his whips that come upon him, we are healed, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And there are many passages in the Old Testament that talk about the necessity of his death and then his resurrection, because his body will not be in decay when he rises from the dead after Good Friday on Sunday morning. So those gifts, the Sunday school literature does a very good job here, and I'm talking about enduring faith. They suggest that the students 
regard other things in the church as gifts, like what would be the gold, what would be the other two gifts, namely within the church. The gold could be as we give our donations to the church, incense for the high priest, that could refer to the garbs that a pastor wears, and then myrrh for death and resurrection, that can refer to what happens at a funeral and how a person's body is made ready for the grave. But that is that which can give us hope, because the Bible makes very clear that though the body is in the grave, the spirit is with Jesus, and the body and spirit will be reunited on the day of resurrection. And so this lesson is really important to understand that God just doesn't save his own people in which he was born, namely the Jewish nation, but Jews and Gentiles. In fact, I would suggest that the Sunday school teacher ask if there were any Jews in the congregation. Now, we had some, but there were not many because the vast majority of people, even in the United States, are Gentiles. And yet that message is for them that Christ died for their sins and heaven is their home. Finally, what is the law and gospel of this lesson? The law is, it's really hard to understand how God became a human being. And so many people will deny that that really took place. They may say that Jesus was a person, but he wasn't God. In other words, when we do sermons and Sunday school lessons, it's really not to clarify who God is, but rather to state who God is, because it's really hard to believe these things. And that's why a person is not saved by reason or figuring out, oh yeah, that makes sense. The Bible does not make sense. There are many passages where we can't understand why God does what he does. But heaven is that place where because of our faith, we will understand with the mind of God and all things will work to our good. And in heaven, we will be in total bliss without any fear of sin, sickness, or even death. That's the point of this lesson. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thank you. Thank you. Pastor Ted Geese joins us on the other side. We'll be reviewing the Star Wars TV series Andor. Stay tuned. Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. 
when your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the Support Donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Educating a new generation of Lutherans. You're listening to Issues Etc. Have you thought about eternal life? When does it begin? What is eternal life? Well, your eternal life does not begin when your body, earthly body, fails and is laid into the grave. It begins, in fact, in the waters of holy baptism where you were tied to the death of Christ and in him you were raised. To learn more about this topic of eternal life, pick up your copy of the November issue of The Lutheran Witness. Visit witness.lsms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective.